Back to Basics 2.0 Point of Use Instrument Cleaning and Steam Sterilization by Julie Kahn Perioperative personnel perform surgical instrument cleaning and sterilization to reduce the risk of surgical site infections. Successful instrument sterilization requires thorough instrument cleaning and disinfection, including removal of organic and inorganic material and microbial contaminants that can inactivate the sterilant or prevent it from contacting all surfaces of the instruments. Instrument cleaning, disinfection, and sterilization processes require performance of critical, complicated, and sequential steps. Only dedicated and competent personnel should be responsible for performing these tasks. AORN and the Association for the Advancement of Medical Instrumentation provide recommendations for instrument processing. Perioperative nurses and surgical technologists, STs, should be familiar with terminology related to cleaning, decontamination, and the different types of sterilization. See sidebar 1. Simply put, cleaning removes microorganisms, decontamination renders microorganisms non-infectious, and sterilization kills microorganisms and spores. Cleaning, disinfection, and sterilization processes build upon each other and should be performed sequentially for maximum efficacy. Personnel should refer to the Manufacturer's Instructions for Use, IFU, for information on cleaning, decontaminating, and sterilizing instruments and using any associated equipment. For example, sterilizers. This article reviews and provides general clinical practice recommendations for point-of-use instrument cleaning, terminal steam sterilization, and immediate-use steam sterilization, IUSS. A discussion of instrument cleaning and disinfection practices that are specific to the decontamination area and additional methods of sterilization is outside the scope of this article, but is covered in detail in AORN's Guideline for Care and Cleaning of Surgical Instruments and Guideline for Sterilization. Practice Point Point of Use Instrument Cleaning Preparation for instrument cleaning and disinfection begins at the point of use in the OR. During the procedure, the scrub person should remove gross soil and debris from instruments to prevent it from drying on the instrument. When biofilm, quote, an accumulated biomass of bacteria and extracellular material that is tightly adhered to a surface, making it difficult to remove, end quote, dries, Chemicals used during the disinfection process may not effectively kill the microorganisms in the dry biofilm. Therefore, removing gross soil from instruments at the point of use can help facilitate subsequent cleaning and decontamination processes. Point-of-use cleaning methods vary depending on the instrument being cleaned. The scrub person can use a sterile water-moistened radiopaque surgical sponge to remove gross soil from many instruments. Instruments with lumens, for example, suction tips, should be irrigated with sterile water frequently during the procedure to prevent biofilm from forming inside the lumen. The identification and removal of biofilm from a lumen is difficult. The removal process requires mechanical action. Personnel should use sterile water to clean, irrigate, and moisten surgical instruments. 
Using saline to clean instruments may cause damage, for example, corrosion. When wiping instruments during a procedure, the scrub person should prevent sponge fibers from loosening and contain any fibers that separate from the sponge to avoid the possibility of such fibers entering the surgical site. Additionally, wetting a used sponge in a basin of sterile water during a procedure may transfer lint and bio-burden from the sponge into the water. Therefore, use of a designated basin of sterile water for instrument cleaning may reduce the risk of lint, bio-burden, or contaminated water entering the surgical site. To prevent the formation of dry biofilm on instruments after a procedure, perioperative personnel should keep instruments moist until the cleaning and decontamination process begins. If there is a delay in processing, perioperative personnel should saturate the instruments with an enzymatic pretreatment product or place a towel moistened with water over the instruments. Perioperative personnel should discard pretreatment liquids before transporting instruments to the processing department. However, when it is not possible to discard the liquids, personnel should transport the instruments to the decontamination area in a leak-proof, puncture-resistant container. Practice Point Terminal Sterilization Perioperative personnel can use a variety of sterilants, for example, steam, low-temperature hydrogen peroxide, to achieve terminal sterilization of packaged items for use at a later time. Although the manufacturer's IFU may specify a variety of parameters to achieve sterilization for an instrument, for example, required sterilant, cycle time, personnel commonly use saturated steam under pressure to sterilize most porous and non-porous instruments in healthcare facilities, because it is effective, efficient, reliable, inexpensive, and non-toxic. Steam sterilization requires that steam at a specific temperature and pressure make direct contact with all surfaces of an item for a precise duration of time. Personnel can perform steam sterilization with sterilizers designed for either gravity displacement or dynamic air removal. In a gravity displacement sterilizer, Steam is pumped into the sterilization chamber. Because steam is less dense, that is, lighter, than air, it forces the remaining air down and out of the sterilization chamber through a drain at or near the bottom, allowing the steam to fill the chamber and completely permeate the items inside. Dynamic air removal steam sterilization, for example, pre-vacuum, steam flush pressure pulse, uses a vacuum to remove air from the chamber and the packaged instruments before introducing saturated steam. The vacuum process allows the steam to permeate the chamber and porous items almost instantaneously. As a result, cycle times for dynamic air removal sterilization are generally shorter, for example, 4 minutes, than those for gravity displacement sterilization, for example, 15 minutes. Some steam sterilizers are designed for only one type of air removal and steam introduction, that is, either gravity displacement or dynamic air removal. Others may be equipped for both. Personnel can program the sterilizers with different settings, depending on the items to be sterilized. Terminal sterilization with saturated steam under pressure is effective for heat and moisture-stable instruments and devices, 
unless the manufacturer's IFUs specify use of a different sterilization process for the item. Some items, for example, FACO emulsification handpieces, may require upright vertical positioning in the sterilizer to allow drainage from the channel in the handpiece. At the completion of a steam sterilization cycle, personnel should remove the sterilization rack or items from the rack in a small sterilizer and allow the items to cool. To avoid contamination and injury, personnel should avoid touching the items with unprotected hands until the items are at room temperature. In addition to the possibility of a burn, touching a cooling sterilized item may cause wicking, and as a result, bacteria from an individual's hands may migrate into the sterilized package before it is cool and dry. During the cooling process, moisture may disperse from sterilized packages in the form of water vapor. Whenever possible, personnel should allow sterilized items to cool outside the sterilizer on the sterilization rack. This process helps to prevent the rapid cooling and moisture condensation that can occur on or in a packaged sterilized item after placing a hot item on a cool surface. Before moving a sterilized item to a storage location, a case cart, or an OR, personnel should inspect the package for the appropriate change of external chemical indicators, the lack of moisture, and package integrity. Personnel also should complete all required documentation for the sterilized items, such as verifying the package labeling, load number, and attainment of required temperature, pressure, and time. The AORN Guideline for Sterilization provides detailed information on quality monitoring of steam sterilization processes, including biological indicators to evaluate efficacy against spores and chemical indicators to monitor achievement of sterilization parameters. Practice Point, IUSS Similar to terminal sterilization, IUSS formerly known as splash sterilization, requires effective instrument cleaning and decontamination. Before 2011, perioperative personnel routinely completed an abbreviated process to expedite IUSS and the transfer of the item to the sterile field. The process did not require instrument packaging and included 1. Minimal cleaning and decontamination at a substerile sink. 2. Minimal exposure times. 3. Limited cooling before transfer to the sterile field. And 4. Open air transfer to the sterile field. The abbreviated IUSS steps for cleaning, decontamination, and instrument cooling increased the risk for surgical side infections in patients and thermal injuries to patients and personnel. In 2010, the Association for the Advancement of Medical Instrumentation organized a meeting with representatives from a variety of stakeholder organizations, including AORN, to develop a position statement for IUSS. In the published position statement, the stakeholders acknowledge that there are specific processing steps that must be completed by knowledgeable and competent personnel, regardless of the sterilization cycle being used. Personnel should therefore perform the same cleaning and decontaminating steps for IUSS that they use for all items that undergo terminal sterilization. The device's IFU should include information on IUSS 
that specifies the 1. Method of cleaning 2. Type of sterilization cycle 3. Exposure time 4. Temperature settings and 5. Drying time when recommended. Personnel should place items for IUSS in a U.S. Food and Drug Administration cleared rigid sterilization container according to the manufacturer's IFU and in a manner that allows steam to contact all sides of the instrument. After an IUSS cycle, perioperative personnel should prevent contamination of the sterilized item when removing it from the sterilizer and transferring it to the sterile field. They also should avoid contact with a hot item to reduce the risk for thermal injury. Drying may not be included in the manufacturer's IFU for IUSS. Therefore, processed items may not be dry at the end of the cycle. Personnel should maintain records of IUSS performed at their facility and the associated monitoring results. Because IUSS of implants may increase the risk of infection, personnel should avoid using this sterilization method on implants. However, situations may arise in which using IUSS on an implant is unavoidable. In these instances, personnel should refer to the implant manufacturer's IFU to find the cycle parameters. In addition, AORN recommends that personnel include a biological indicator and a type 5 chemical integrating indicator with the implant. Personnel also can include a pre-assembled process challenge device for IUSS that uses a dynamic air removal cycle. The biological indicator test may require more time than is available during the procedure. Personnel should report positive biological indicator test results after implantation of the sterilized item as soon as possible, to the surgeon and infection preventionist for follow-up. Conclusion The cleaning, decontaminating, and sterilizing processes for surgical instruments are extremely complex. The perioperative personnel, including RN circulators and STs, who are responsible for these processes should be competent and knowledgeable. For example, on point-of-use cleaning and sterilization processes, and understand the differences between terminal sterilization and IUSS. To prevent inadvertent contamination and thermal injury, all sterilized items should be allowed to cool before handling. When IUSS is required, personnel should ensure that the item to be sterilized has first been cleaned and disinfected. Immediate-use steam sterilization requires the same cleaning and decontamination process as terminal sterilization. When handling and transporting IUSS containers, personnel should take necessary precautions to prevent contamination of items and thermal injury to themselves and other staff members. This Back to Basics 2.0 article contains three knowledge checks. I will now read the first knowledge check for the practice point. Point-of-use instrument cleaning. Naomi, an RN circulator, and Miley, an ST, are participating in a scheduled endovascular abdominal aortic aneurysm, AAA, repair procedure. When Dr. O, the surgeon, returns instruments and guide wires to Miley, she uses a saline-soaked sponge to remove blood and gross soil as needed, 
before placing the items on the sterile back table for future use. At one point during the procedure, Dr. O notes that he has some instruments and guide wires that Miley cannot reach and returns them to her so she can remove blood and gross soil. At the end of the procedure, Naomi and the CRNA transport the patient to the post-anesthesia care unit, and Miley removes the instruments from the sterile field and places them in the case cart. She also inspects the used instruments with lumens and flushes them with sterile water. As Miley prepares to leave the OR to transport the case cart to the Sterile Processing Department, SPD, Naomi returns to the OR and announces that the next procedure will be an emergent open AAA repair. Miley quickly transports the case cart to the decontamination area and asks Lara, an SPD technician, to expedite the cleaning, decontamination, and sterilization of the AAA repair instrument set so there will be an extra set of sterilized instruments ready to use if necessary. Miley obtains the necessary instruments for the emergent procedure. Lara removes the dry instruments from the case cart to begin cleaning them. In this scenario, who did not follow the practice point? A. Naomi B. Miley C. Dr. O or D. Lara I will now provide the answer. In this scenario, Miley did not follow the recommended practice point. I will now read the second knowledge check for the practice point, terminal sterilization. Leanne, an SPD technician, reviews the best practices for terminal steam sterilization with Declan, a recently hired SPD technician. Leanne asks Declan to show her how to find the manufacturer's IFU for sterilizing a packaged FACO emulsification handpiece and demonstrate how to load the sterilizer. Declan shows Leanne the electronic documentation on the computer. He places the package in an upright vertical position on a terminal steam sterilization rack that is ready for processing. After reviewing and verifying correct placement of all contents of the load, Leanne asks Declan to initiate the sterilization process and contact her when the cycle is complete. He selects the proper cycle on the sterilizer keypad and waits for the cycle to process. When the cycle is complete, Declan verifies that the sterilizer met the parameters for sterilization, opens the sterilizer, and uses protective mitts to remove the sterilizer rack. Declan and Leanne intermittently check the temperature of the rack. Approximately five minutes after removing the rack from the sterilizer, Anissa, an ST in an orthopedic OR, calls into the SPD to check on the status of a set of curettes and gouges for a scheduled orthopedic procedure. Declan tells her that they are cooling. Immediately after Declan completes the call, Tomas, another ST, enters the SPD, walks to the cooling sterilization rack, and begins to check the processing tags and move items to find the curettes and gouges. In this scenario, who did not follow the practice point? A. Declan B. Leanne C. Tomas or D. Anissa I will now provide the answer. In this scenario, Tomas did not follow the recommended practice point. I will now read the third and final knowledge check for the practice point, IUSS. 
During an emergency colectomy, a surgical resident accidentally drops a critical bowel clamp onto the floor. Unfortunately, the SPD manager only stocks one of the clamps. Dr. S., the surgeon, uses the uniquely designed clamp during every colectomy. When he realizes it is on the floor, he states that he cannot complete the procedure without the clamp and requests that Bridget, the RN circulator, expedited sterilization. Bridget contacts Cameron in the SPD and requests expedited cleaning, disinfection, and sterilization of the clamp. Cameron tells Bridget that he will alert Norman, the SPD technician in the decontamination area, of the need to process the clamp promptly. Bridget transports the clamp to the decontamination area and leaves it with Norman for cleaning and decontamination. While Norman begins the decontamination process, Cameron reviews the manufacturer's IFU to verify the IUSS parameters. Cameron receives the cleaned and decontaminated clamp from Norman, places it in an approved IUSS container with a chemical indicator, transfers the container to the sterilizer, and selects the IUSS cycle. When the sterilizer cycle finishes, Cameron reviews the parameters on the sterilizer printout, confirms that the parameters have been met, dons a mask and protective mitts, transports the container to the OR, and places it on a ring stand. When Dr. S. observes Cameron entering the room, he announces, It's about time, picks up a sterile towel, leaves the bedside, and walks to the ring stand. Bridget borrows the protective mitts from Cameron and opens the container. As soon as the container is open, Dr. S. quickly reaches into the container, grabs the hot clamp with a sterile towel, returns to the bedside, and promptly places the clamp on tissue. In this scenario, who did not follow the practice point? A. Cameron B. Bridget C. Norman or D. Dr. S. I will now provide the answer. In this scenario, Dr. S. did not follow the recommended practice point.